morning. Well, that is, isn't it just like God to speak? I don't know why we do the things we do sometimes, but isn't God good? I didn't know you were coming up this morning, but I know the message this morning is for you. Amen. Um, this morning, can we just go before the Lord in prayer? Um, if, you, if, if you would agree with me this morning, just place your hand over your heart. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence, and I lift up every individual in this room, Lord. I pray that your spirit would penetrate our hearts, Lord, that your spirit would penetrate to the, our very souls, dear God, Lord. Lord, we stand against the enemy, Lord, and the things in our mind that would want to distract us this morning. I pray this morning that your spirit, Lord, would speak into our lives, dear God, that your spirit would move in this place in this morning, Lord. Lord, that your spirit would show up and touch each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I say show up, but God's already here. Amen? God's already here. Okay, a couple things that I want to, um, you know, I've been covering for Pastor Ron as he's been out due to sickness and some vacations. So um, uh, it really gives me an appreciation of what he does. Uh, getting to know him, he has a heart for his people. He has a heart for God's people. And I know that God has blessed him. And I know that God is, is, is using him. And I know that Pastor Ron is a very humble man. He would never ask you for anything. Um, but we have the opportunity this uh, March 23rd, which is Thursday of next, the following week, is Pastor Ron's birthday. He did not ask me to say this. But I, I want to encourage you. Um, you know, he serves and he doesn't ask for very much. He doesn't ask for anything to my knowledge. He just loves God. He does what he does for the love that he has for you and the love that he has for God. So I would encourage you on March 23rd, remember that date. If you can, I would encourage you to pick up a card. Let him know how important he is to you. If you want to bless him, and, um, you know, he, he, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want money, but he eats just like we do. And if you want to bless him with a gift card to your favorite restaurant, I'm sure that would be appreciated. Uh, we just love our pastor. He's an amazing man of God. Um, it's not easy to prepare lessons. It's not, it's not easy. What he does up here, what he does is for, this, for this church, what he does for the people of God is not easy, but he does it with a joyful and willing heart. So we want to bless him. Amen? All right. So this morning, um, I'm going to start off with a story of back in... Uh, I'm terrible with dates. Just know this. As I say this, I'm terrible with dates. I can't even remember when my daughter was born. can't remember when my son was born. Sorry. <laughs> but I remember this one date. I remember my anniversary. <laughs> okay, I remember my anniversary. But there's this one date, and it was May 15th. The year was 2000. I remember this date only because it was my birthday. I turned 30 years old. And I uh, had been reading the fishing reports uh, for northern New Mexico for several weeks. And up at a lake, up in, uh, by Chama, New Mexico, there's a lake called Heron Lake. Um, this lake was producing, for this year, there was, I mean, this is, we weren't in the drought like we are now. This year it was producing some big lake trout. And I had it in my heart. I mean, every week that I would open up the, the, the fishing report, there's somebody holding some 36-inch, 20-pound uh, lake trout. And I thought in my mind, I got this little idea, because I had a little boat. And I understand, a little, when I say little, I mean little. 
I mean, 10 foot. I had a Mazda a mini truck, and I would throw the boat in back of the truck and go to the lake. That's how little it was. I wasn't pulling one of these nice fancy boats. I had a little boat. In fact, my dad used to call it a bathtub. He said it looked more like a bathtub than it did a boat. Well, this one year, um, the, the, I, had this, I had it in my heart, and, 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 and I got the boat like for $100. So it was, you know, somebody did, somebody's trash is somebody else's treasure, right? So I took this boat, and, 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 and I got in my mind that I asked my wife. She said, what do you want for your birthday? I said, you know what? I just want to be able to take the day off and go fishing for the whole day. She said, go ahead. I went fishing, and I had in my mind, I had been studying what they were using. You know, if you're going to catch a certain type of fish, you've got to use the right type of bait, right? So I'd been studying what, what they were catching them on, went to the lake, and I got there. I woke up at the wee hours of the morning. I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. Um, I got up in the wee hours of the morning, got to the lake. The sun was just coming out. It was a crystal clear morning. The, the lake was not even moving. You could see a reflection. It was beautiful. The sunrise was coming over. And I, if I'd have had a camera at that time, you know, we don't, now, now everybody has a camera. At that time, we didn't all carry cameras. It was quite a, while, quite a while back. And I remember it was the most beautiful morning. I got out on the lake. I got out in the middle. And I didn't know where to go, but I knew one thing. I was going to look to see where everybody else was fishing. So I kind of skedaddled over to where everybody was at, got in the middle of some boats, and I dropped my, I dropped my, uh, my bait. Guys to the left of me catching big trout, guys to the right of me catching big trout, and here's me not catching anything. One of the guys was kind enough to come over and tell me, well, what are you using? I'm using something that was plastic, and, you know, it's, it's the best I could come up with. I didn't know. It wasn't my specialty. But... He said, no, no, and he came over and he gave me some of, some of what he was using. And wouldn't you know, within 30 minutes, I caught a 28-inch lake trout. I was so excited. The only thing about that was, and I'm not lying to you, this lake trout was the skinniest lake trout I ever caught in my life. These guys are call, pulling out these big old monsters that are, you know, fat and thick and, and, and mine's all skinny. I think mine was like, didn't know how to, didn't know how to eat. Had, 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 a, had, had weight loss problems. Something was going on with this fish. But nonetheless, I was excited. So excited, in fact, that since I had woken up so early and it was such a beautiful day, I threw my rod to the, over the boat and I did something that was really, really dumb. I laid down and took, I, I, I dropped the anchor, laid down in my boat and took a nap. Uh, it was fantastic. All I remember is I was waking up because the boat was moving too much. I didn't realize, and I realize now, that the lake around 11 o'clock, the winds would come in, and they'd begin to lift up the waves. And I don't know if you know Heron Lake. We, know we don't live in a place where there's very big lakes, but Heron Lake is one of the bigger lakes in our region. I was out in the middle of the lake, asleep, and all of a sudden I feel spray coming on me, and my boat's just going back and forth. I looked up, and... Little did I realize that I was in the middle of a storm. The clouds had come in, and the wind was blowing, and the waves were getting bigger and bigger. Now, because I had a little boat, I had a little motor. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. It was a trolling motor, and it was barely, barely, I mean, it, I could walk faster than that thing would take me. And as I woke up, I, I started to panic because the waves were getting big. And I looked to shore, and I was quite a ways from where I had docked my boat. But nonetheless, I 
picked everything up, put everything in the boat, and I headed towards the dock. The storm got stronger and stronger, and my boat was doing one of these things. And I was started to panic. I didn't know what to do. I felt like if you were gone up the escalator in the wrong direction, that's exactly what I felt like. I think I was actually further back when I started, when I, when I, when I realized I was further back than where I was when I first started because the wind was so strong. I got this idea that, well, maybe I should turn around and go in the way that the wind's pushing me, right? That's, you think that's a smart idea. So I'm thinking of all these things, and I turn the boat around. Just as I turn the boat sideways, the waves, this, I'm not exaggerating, the waves were probably about four feet, four feet tall already, and they're just coming in, swooping in, swooping in. You know, there's a rule in New Mexico that when you go on a boat, you have to have a life jacket, a paddle, and a bucket for bailing water. Do not carry a small coffee can to bail water. Made a huge mistake. The boat was filling up with water. And then when I turned in the opposite direction to go away from the wind, the back of the boat is a lot sh smaller than the front of the boat. And the water is just coming in. There was a, I had reached the point that I looked around and there was about a foot of water in my boat. And I knew I was going down. I dropped what I was doing. I reached for the, you know, you see a life jacket and it doesn't mean so much to you as when you need it, right? And then <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm so cheap. I went to the store and bought the cheapest life jacket I could afford, the, the, the cheapest jacket I, I, I could find. Man, I wish I had spent some more money. At this very moment, I had wished that I had spent some better money or spent more money for a better life jacket. Because I was going down. I thought of everything I could do. I, was stopped the, I stopped worrying about controlling the boat. And I was just taking water out as fast as I could. But it was coming in faster than I could take it out. I say that to say this. In that moment when I had done everything that I could. Everything I could think of. I was at the end of myself. And I remember saying, God, help me. Little did I realize that on the shore, someone had seen what I had been going through. And here comes this big jet boat, pulls right up next to me. The guy, get, the guy says, throw me your rope. I throw him my rope. He ties it onto his boat, gave me his hand and pulled me onto his boat. Pulled me all the way back to the, to the dock. I realized at that point that I had done everything incorrect. I had relied on myself. Everything I had done to that point was based upon what I knew, what I thought I could do, what I felt I could do. I thought I was going to save myself. I put my trust in a life jacket. I put my trust in a little bailing bucket. And as they say, when push comes to shove, when you're at rock bottom, what happens? You look up. This morning, this message is entitled, When I Come to the End of Myself. If you would, would you turn with me? Yeah. You know that moment that you have all your notes and the electronic device lets you down? Thank God I came with a backup plan. 
If you would turn with me to Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Mark, Mark chapter 5, verse 35, 25 through 34. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal for, for, from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel her body, in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched your robe? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. We find the same story in Luke chapter 8, verse 43 through 48. I'm going to read this real quick. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with the constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming, upon, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could no longer stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Praise God. Your faith has made you well. We come to a fact. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. Now we see it and we see some words, but I want to tell you, she had an issue. I don't know what she had. The Bible is not very clear. We don't know if she had cancer. We don't know exactly what she had, but we know that she was very, very sick. Now when you're sick, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to experience it. When you're sick, you're weak. And I can imagine because of the blood that she was losing, her body was very weak. I can imagine that because she was sick, her worldly possessions meant nothing to her. The only thing she desired was healing because she had to deal with this sickness for 12 years. You know, when you get sick at first, it's just an inconvenience. But as you go on and you realize that this sickness is going to be around for a while, it turns from an inconvenience into a reality. From a reality into a desperation. God knows exactly what you're going through. You don't need to tell God what you're going through. God knows what you're going through. Here's the amazing thing about God. 
See, this story has three parts to it. The first part is those who are in need. We have to realize in this world, everywhere we go, someone is in need. There may be some of you in here that are in need. And I'm not talking about a physical, only physical. Maybe your finances, you've reached the end and you don't know where else to go. Maybe your pride, you've reached the end and you don't know where else to go. Loneliness. There are so many things in our lives that we try to control, that we try to take over. We look for that job that maybe would give us what we're, what we're seeking, not knowing that the whole time the answer is not in what we can do for ourselves. The answer is what God can do for us and what God has for us. God has your healing. God has your healing. He doesn't think, he does, He's not guessing if He's going to give it to you. God has your healing. But do we have the faith to get His healing? See, this woman had heard somewhere, someone told her about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Someone told her about what had been happening in the streets around her. Someone told her that there was this man that they were bringing the sick to. They were bringing the paralyzed they were, bringing the, they were bringing the blind, the lame, and he was healing them. She heard the word. The word of God says that faith comes by hearing the word. Our testimonies are important. Our testimonies are important. Three parts to this story. The woman in need, the witness, and the healer. This first part is for the one in need. Maybe this morning you find yourself in need and you don't know where else to turn. You're looking and looking and looking and things seem to get worse and not better. The Bible says that her story became worse, not better. She used all she had to find that healing. Not only was she not healed, she's poor now. Understand. She used all she had looking for her healing. I'm sure she was depressed and she was felt abandoned and rejected because a woman that had an issue of blood, when a woman was, was on her menstrual cycle in Jewish law, she's unclean. She's not able to go out and touch others. And here's this woman that's been with an issue of blood for many, many, many years and she's suffering. And she's hurting. And maybe those around her are even inconsiderate to what she's going through. Sometimes we go through life focused on me, focused on me, and not on what God has us to do. See, the second part of the story is that there was a witness. There wasn't Facebook, there wasn't a GPS, there wasn't a minute-by-minute news feed to where Jesus was. She had to get out of her comfort zone, feeling sick, feeling tired, hurting. She had to get out of her comfort zone and walk the streets. Walk the streets. Do you know where Jesus is? Do you know where Jesus is? Have you heard about that man that's healing people? Do you know where he is? Where is he? Have you heard about Jesus? Where is he? 
Where is he? And somebody's directing her and directing her and leading her. And she came to a place where she found Jesus. Because her faith told her, if I could just get to him. I've already tried everything else. If I could just get to him. I can be healed. And she's pushing her way. I can imagine she came over and began to come to this road and saw that the crowds were there. Now, many versions say the fringe of the robe, which is down here. Okay, it didn't say his robe. The fringe of his robe, which is at the very bottom. Which tells me, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar, but just by hearing what I heard, that she was down on her knees, going through the crowd, trying to get closer to the man that could heal her. Because she was that desperate. The problem with us sometimes, the reason we don't get our healing is because we think of everything else we can do. We try to exploit every single one of our resources before we turn to God. Sometimes we need to turn to God and not worry about the resources. I was reading an article that pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies do not cure people. They cause addictions. She's going through everything she had. Are you guys with me? Everybody's so quiet. We good? Okay. Make sure nobody's sleeping. Everybody fell asleep and I'm, I'm the only one here. God is so good. See, the thing is, we're going to move over to the witnessing part. Matthew chapter 4, verse 24 says this, News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease was, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them. Maybe your marriage is at the end. And you haven't turned to God. You're turning to everything else. You're starting to plan how you're going to appropriate for your divorce. Who's going to get the kids? Who's going to get the possessions? But you haven't turned to God yet. Maybe your relationship with your kids or maybe your kids are addicted to drugs or they're in rebellion or they've gone far away from the Word of God. And we've tried everything else. We've called every counselor we know, every coach we know, everybody we think that could bring something into their lives. We make that call only to realize they can't help. We need to turn to God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this, So faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, but if you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Luke 24, verse 49 says this, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, but stay here, until, stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, this is my favorite part of the story. She didn't go into the synagogue. 
she didn't go into the church. Will you guys listen to what I'm saying, to what God is saying? She didn't go in the church looking for her healing. Where did she go? Into the streets. Why into the streets? Because Jesus didn't spend his time in the synagogue trying to teach others about Jesus Christ, about, about the goodness of God. Jesus came to heal, to set the captive free, to deliver the demonic and oppressed, and he did it in the streets. He did it on the mountainside. He did it in the sinner's home. He didn't wait for them to come into church. He went to them. The problem with us sometimes is that we think that if we go to church, God will use us. Maybe we can minister to someone not realizing that the people that need to be ministered to are not sitting in these seats. They're sitting in our offices right next to us. They're sitting in, our, in their homes right next to ours. We sit at their dinner tables. We have lunch with them. We text them. We call them. We Facebook them. And yet we don't share about the goodness of God. God did not call us to come into a church, raise our hands, go home, and live the rest of the week like as if nothing happened. We have to have purpose. We have to wake up with purpose. We have to know that if God has filled you, He wants you to be a witness. How do others hear about the goodness of God if not through you and I? I, 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 I look at my wife and I and I, I, I man, what, what, what a, we've been through hell and back. Fire burned down our home at the edge of divorce. A son that was born and they told us that he would only live two weeks. The doctors came and brought us an x-ray and told me, your son has no brain. He won't live more than two weeks. I cried and I cried and I cried. God, how could this be happening to me? But isn't God good? A few days later, after we came together in prayer, after we presented him before God, after people began to lay hands on him and people began to lift him up in prayer, a few days later, the doctor walked in with an x-ray and said, I don't know what happened. I can't tell you what happened. This doesn't make sense. Before and after, no brain, brain. That is the kind of God that I serve. He will heal you. But are we willing to look for our healing? Are you happy? Was I happy with his sickness? No. Was I going to sit at home and mope and say, Oh, please, why me, Lord? Why me? Or was I going to go and find everybody I know and say, will you pray for my son? Everybody that I knew that could pray. Anyone that I thought had something, will you pray with me? Will you pray with my son? Will you lift us up? People calling us, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. Because I was at the end of myself. There was nothing I could do for him. 
and God brings healing. God brings healing. Today my son is 23, 22 years old, 23 years old. Like I said, numbers are terrible. Graduated from New Mexico State University with a, with, with a degree in engineering, IT engineering. The doctors had told us he would not live more than two weeks. But isn't it like Satan to bring your faith down? The next words we heard were after that he had a brain were, well, he'll probably be in a vegetative state the rest of his life. You will be changing his diapers the rest of your life. He won't walk or talk. This is not the God that I serve. We begin and continue to pray and continue to pray and press in and seek God. Because he has the final say. No doctor has the final say. No individual has the final say. God has the final say. Hearing the Word of God, hearing the testimonies brings encouragement. I can't tell you how many people I've sat with that have shared their testimony with me, their hardship, how God began to work in, their, in, 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 a, in a moment that you thought that that was it. They were going to be out. They were out for the count. They were down and out. And all of a sudden, God shows up. And the story changes because a miracle comes in. Because someone had faith. Amen? We need to be witnesses. No matter how little you think your story is, or how big it is, or how little your miracle is, guess what? There's somebody out there that needs to hear it. They need to hear about the healing power of God. They need to hear about the miracles that God is still doing in these days. My Bible tells me God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if the apostles could walk by the sick... And if their shadow would fall on the sick and they would be healed, why can't we do that? Amen? Because the Bible says that same spirit that they have, you and I have. Problem is, we're too busy watching TV. We're too busy going to the movies or, or, or going out with our families or, 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 or busy in every single day life that we don't take the time to get on our knees and seek. You see, the thing, about, the thing about Peter, the thing about Paul, the, the thing about all these great disciples that we read about in the book of Acts is that they dedicated their lives to Christ. They dedicated their lives to Christ. Why can't I dedicate my, Christ, my life to Christ? What stops me from dedicating my life to Christ? You know, I, I don't bring this to, to bring condemnation on you. I don't because God's already spoken to me. We were here last night till... 10.30, 10.45, we had gotten here at 6 o'clock because we, God has is, is, is partnered me and made me part of a vision to reach the lost in this city. I was here Friday night till 11 o'clock, 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock. I will be here Tuesday night in a servant council meeting with our young people pouring the word of God into them. I will be here on Wednesday night. Live, love, lead. If you haven't heard about it, you need to get in. It's amazing. 
I'm not lifting myself up. I'm not. I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is we need to dedicate. Where are the Christians that are going to dedicate their life to God and say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. My desire is not to just be a witness. My desire is to be the living, that the the living Spirit of God would be so strong within me that I could lay hands on someone and they would be healed. That is my desire because I read it in the Bible. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there. What's stopping us from getting to where we need to be with God? Are our lives that important that we can't take time to give Him our hearts and give Him our lives? God needs you and I. He's called you and I. The Word of God says He has called us, but nobody's listening. I'm telling you, church, I'm not, oh my gosh, God, you know my heart. I'm not bringing condemnation. There is so much work to do in this church. You listen. We need people, we, we need people to volunteer with the kids. We need people in, in, in Christian kinship and, and, and celebrate recovery in the youth group in Saturday Night Live. We need people to help lock arms with us and let's go forward winning the loss for Christ. It's not a lack of ministry. It's not a lack of ministry. It's a lack of heart. My goodness, we're not even asking you to go into the streets and minister. Come on a Saturday night, we're bringing them into the gym. We're bringing them in. God is starting to move. We are in the end times and God is going to move with or without you and I. God is going to move and I would rather be with Him than away from Him. I'd rather be in the front lines than in the back lines. It takes dedication. If somebody tells you being a Christian and being being used by Him is easy, it's not easy. It takes a lot. It takes your time. It steals your resources, your finances. I shouldn't even say steal. Where do you stand with God? I look around and I realize that last night as I was asleep, somebody came in my house and stole an hour of time. Right? And I think it's, it's, it's reflected. If you look around, it's reflected with all the empty chairs around us. But when was the last time you invited someone, not into the church, but into your, into your home, or maybe out to lunch, or maybe out to dinner, to share about the goodness of God? When was the last time you sat down to give someone a Bible study, open up the Word of God, I realize that you can't go up to someone in the street. I've been doing this for too long. I realize you can't go to someone in the street and begin to minister to them and expect them to be healed and saved right away. It takes relationship. You've got to build that relationship. They've got to know you care. They've got to know you're real. They have to know and feel God in your heart, in your speech, in your touch, to know that God has something, that God is real. And then the questions come. Well, you know what? I'm going through 
blah, 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 blah. It's not my job to give them godly counsel and, and, and all of a sudden these words come in and this real light comes in and I've just spoken the most amazing thing in the world. It's my job to listen. To sit down and hold their hand and pray with them. It's God's job. Right? It's God's job to save them, to heal them, to deliver them. It's not my job. But Lord, if you can use anyone, use me. Let my hands be your hands. Let my voice be your voice. Wow. Okay. I just realized what time it is. Number three, and, and I'm just going to take a few more minutes, is being, so there's, we have, we have the, uh, the one in need, the witnesses, and number three, we need to be the Spirit of God. God needs us to lay hands on the sick so they can recover. God needs our shadow to fall on, the, on those that are, that, that are sick so they can recover. God needs us. God uses us. God wants to use you. God will use you. It's not above God. God is so amazing. He doesn't even, I, I can't even see, he doesn't even need me. Because if he wants to heal you, he don't need me. He's going to touch you right where you're at and bam. I believe that God can bring instant healing. I believe God can bring instant deliverance. He doesn't need me. But if I can be that voice, if he needs someone to just pour into someone else and share their testimony and tell them, this is the God that I serve, and he can do the same thing for you. This is what he's done for me, and he can do the same thing for you. God needs every single one of us. I ran out of time, and um, I just want to close with this. This morning, I do want to have an altar call. I believe God wants to move in this morning. God wants to do something this morning. So over here to your right, if you're the person that is in need, that you've come to the end of yourself, you don't know where else to turn, I want you to come to this side, to the right-hand side. If you are the person that God has maybe spoken to this morning and brought conviction, what are you doing for me? I didn't save you. He said it good this morning. God didn't save us to go home, live happy, and die. If, we, if you want to be used by God, if you want a spirit of boldness, because it, it, you have to understand, it takes a spirit of boldness to stand up and say, God, use me. Let me be your vessel. Understand, you will be giving up watching baseball games or basketball. I can't even remember the last time I sat down and actually got to watch a whole movie. I watch movies in pieces because I only have a few minutes, and if I get a few minutes, I, I, I'll, I'll watch it. And, 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 and mostly when I'm doing something else, if you want to be a witness for Christ, if you want to be used by God, if you want to be the one out in the street teaching the Word of God, telling others about the goodness of God, I want you to come up here. Maybe you're afraid and maybe you don't have that boldness, but we want to, I want you to come up here because we're going to pray for you. And then on this side, the reality is not very many people want to give up their life for Christ. 
That's the reality. The reality is the people that come to this side are going to sacrifice themselves for Christ. We will become his slaves. Not the slaves of a, mas of a master who wants to bring us down and oppress us, but the slaves of a master who loves us, wants to push us into righteousness, wants to use us, wants to use you, wants to take you. You see, not every single time. I, I, I believe in, in missionaries and I, and, and I believe in what they do, but why send people out when there's so many people in our own community that are hurting and dying? So many people in our community. I just read this past week that there was a, a student from Santa Fe High that died. I'm not sure what the circumstances were. We had youth night on Friday night. 60 kids in this place. Oh my God. As the Spirit of God began to move and we began to call those that were depressed and rejected and hurting, we called them to the middle. More than half the kids went to the middle because we need God. We need God. We need people that will work for His kingdom. We need someone that's willing to give up a Friday night, a movie night to come into pour into someone's life. We need someone willing to give up a Friday night dinner to come into pour in someone's life. We need someone with the love of kids to go into our classes and teach them the Word of God. We need people who have been bound by drugs and alcohol to come to our Celebrate Recovery and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. We need people on Saturday morning to feed the homeless in our community. We need people to give up a little bit of their life for his pray for his for his kingdom for his calling for his plan I don't want to see 30 kids standing in the middle and three leaders to pray for them Do you know my heart do you know God's heart? Maybe you can't be around kids. Maybe you, I, I don't know what God has for you. I don't. But if you get on your knees and you seek after Him and you say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Whatever you want, here I am, Lord. God will direct you. Because God created each and every one of you with a purpose. And a calling. And a gifting. To use, not to sit on the shelf, but to use for His kingdom, for His glory, for His honor, to reach those that are lost, those that are hurting, those that are suicidal, those that are full of depression. God called you 
So what we're going to do, you need something from God. Come on over. We're going to put our leaders, we're going to put some of our leadership on this side. And we're going to pray for you. You want to stand up in a spirit of boldness and begin to speak the goodness of God. We want you right here. You want to just be imparted and filled with God's Holy Spirit. And you're, waiting, and you're really saying, Lord, here I am. Everything I have, my finances, my time, my resources belong to you. I want you on this side. I loved your testimony this morning because nothing was about you. It was about him. Amen. You know who your healer is. You know who your deliverer is. You know who's going to bring that peace and that deliverance. And don't put it past God because you could go on Friday and they may do one more scan and say, wait. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Walk out of the room, come back. Hold on a second. Bring somebody else to look in at the results. Hold on a second. Because that's the kind of God I serve. Amen. So, those of you that are on the side for, you come to the end of yourselves. Right here. Those of you that want to be used by God, right? And those of you that are just ready saying, God, here I am. Here I am. Everything I have is yours. Can we have our leadership team come up? Uh, Johnny, I need you at the front. Will you get the oil? And will you begin to anoint everyone at this altar? Anoint everyone at this altar. I think you put it on this side. Now here's the thing. I'm believing God. I'm not asking God. I'm believing that God is going to meet your need this morning. God is going to meet you where you're at. And He's going to empower you. He's going to meet your need. He's going to empower you. And He is going to give you the strength you need. Because this is hard. I know. This is hard. He's going to give you the strength you need to be a vessel of healing, deliverance. Amen. As Johnny goes around, he's going to anoint every single one of you. We're going to anoint you. We're going to pray over you. Uh, we don't normally do this, but what we want to do this morning is we want to lay hands on you and we want to pray the Spirit of God in you. I want God to move. I want God to move this morning. I want God to bless you this morning. I want God, what God brought this morning is not an accident. You're not here by accident. The time may have changed overnight, but God's message didn't. God had a plan and a purpose for you being here. So we're going to go through, and uh, I'm going to ask the prayer team, as you're done praying with someone, let's move on to someone else. Don't be ashamed. We're going to move on to someone else. We're going to move on to someone else. And we're going to make sure that we have prayed for all those that have had a desire to be used, filled, and delivered by God this morning. Amen? Amen. Jordan's going to lead us in a song as we go into this time of worship and prayer.